Hey, hey, hey. Happy Friday. Blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am super excited. I am officially on vacation. This is going to be a time of reflection, a time of rest, a time with family. My father's coming into town. My sister's coming into town. And I'm pretty excited to see what God is going to do. He is a God of reconciliation. Um, He's a God that, you know, love bringing families back together. My family has been, you know, apart. And for us to come together is pretty exciting. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do with that. Um, Today I was resting and I came across uh, one of the books in my library that I purchased like maybe five years ago. It's called Detox Your Spirit, 40-Day Devotion to Change Your Life by Apostle Charles Magazzi. And I know when I purchased this book five years ago, I was like clueless. I was nowhere where I am today. So I pretty much skimmed through the book. So as I was reading it today, I was like, you know what? Wow, considering I'm on vacation, this would be a perfect time to really read this book and see, you know, you know, how can I detox my spirit? We all go through things day to day and we are so consumed with the things going on in this world and from watching movies and listening to certain songs and even being around certain people, we truly need to detox our spirit. We have an ear gate, we have an eye gate and we open ourselves to so many different things ignorantly and sometimes not so ignorantly. But what we fail to realize is we we take on these spirits, we take on these offenses, we take on so much, and we really need to detox our spirit. You, you'll know you need to detox your spirit if you've been around somebody and before you was in their company, you were okay. And then the next thing you know, you feeling depressed or maybe you angry or maybe you want to fight. And what you don't realize is because you opened yourself to that spirit, you now have taken on that spirit. That spirit has transferred. So it's so important we do a spiritual detox. It is so important that we go before the Lord and that we do prayer and that we fast, that we could be cleansed and that we can stand before God unspotted and unblemished. And sometimes we don't know why we're going through what we're going through. And the truth of the matter is a spirit done transferred. It may not be that you're doing something wrong. It may not be that you're living in sin. It may not be you. It may be the company you keep. Amen. It may be the company you keep. It may be that person you continuously hang around or that person you're listening to. Maybe it's the type of shows you watch. Maybe it's the music that you're listening to. It is demonic. Whether we want to accept it or not, we are spiritual beings and there are openings in our body. There's openings to our spirit. We think we have to engage in the activity to receive a demonic spirit. No, we have an eye gate. We have an ear gate. And when we look at things and when we hear things, we open ourselves. We open ourselves to these influences and to these spirits. So sometimes we just really need to go before God, repent. And allow the Holy Spirit to detox our spirit, that we can be cleansed, that we can be refreshed, that we can truly be free, truly be at peace. So I'm excited to read this book because I am on vacation and I do feel like I need to be detoxed um, spiritually um, to for God to reroute my thoughts, to shift me back into an alignment, to put things back in order. Um, I feel we all need that. 
as born again believers, as sons and daughters of God, we need to be detoxed from the things of this world. We engaged in worldly activities, whether we like it or not. We all have to go to a job. We all have family. We have friends that are and everything around us isn't godly. Probably 80 percent of the people at our job are either unbeliever or of a different religion. And we're being subjected to so many different things and we need to detox our spirit. Just like when we consume the drinks and the alcohols and the different types of unhealthy food, we need to detox our body. If not, what's going to happen? We're going to gain unnecessary weight and we're going to have this pollution in our body, our skin breaking out and all kinds of craziness because we have allowed these things to enter our body. And then we wonder why we're sad and we're depressed and we're, we're just having all of these weird feelings mood swings i'm happy here i'm sad there why because we done we have been exposed to these demonic spirits based by the people we're around so i thought it was pretty exciting i'm not gonna get too deep into it but i will you know as your sister i recommend that you do a spiritual detox go before the lord and you know Ask him for wisdom to lead you to what it is that you need to do that you could be cleansed, not only earthly, but spiritually, because so often we're quick to get healthy and the natural and we go to the gym and we're on this health nut thing and we're vegan and we're, you know, we're doing all of these things, which are great because we have to take care of this earthly vessel. You know, God is requiring us to be a good steward over this earthly suit. So it's so important that we take care of our bodies. But more more importantly, we need to take care of our spirit. Amen. So I'm excited about reading this Detox Your Spirit for 40 Days. Um, So when I opened the book, the beginning of the book starts off with a prayer, which I think is awesome. That it just didn't go into detail. It didn't just start telling me what I need to do. That it started with a prayer. And I'm going to read the prayer that it prayed for me. If you're interested in getting this book. Once again, it's called A 40 Day um, Detox Your Spirit 40 Day Devotion to Change Your Life by by Apostle Charles Magazzi. So if you're interested in reading it, there go to information. I'm also going to leave it in the description of this podcast. So... The prayer that it prayed said this. It started off with a scripture. It says, For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Ephesians 3, 14 through 15. I pray for you. As a member of the family of God here on earth, as one who is washed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, May order come into your estate and may all things that are disorderly in your life meet with order. I pray that the spirit of the Lord would take full charge of your affairs and cause you to move from the place of limitation to the place of victory and power. May you see increase in your days and may the power of toil be broken today. Every satanic force that was working against you is losing its grip today. I command every spirit to let go of your business, children, husband, wife, job, and friends, and all that are yours. I command every evil spirit to let go of your health in the name of Jesus. As the word declares by the stripes of Jesus on the cross, you were healed. You will be a witness of this word 
in your life today. Healing is your portion today in Jesus name. I pray for ideas, life changing ideas that will take you to another level in your life. As the anointing of God operates in you, I pray that you receive the grace to implement things. As you cast your net into the deep, may your catch be net breaking and boat sinking. I pray that the blessing be visible on you so that the whole world will know that you are a child of God. I pray for long life over you. I remove every demonic force that brings sudden terror and tragedy. May you live until you are satisfied. I pray that your spirit I pray that the spirit of God will direct you and keep you away from harm. I pray that angels walk with you and be your guard. I pray for your finances. May God's grace overshadow your resources. May you not lack and may you never need or want for anything. I pray that you will have an access for every charitable donation. May you receive properties in this season. I speak the wisdom of God that will give you grace to have reserve that you can implement generations ahead. I declare today that you are trouble-proof, fear-proof, poverty-proof, and death-proof. You are repelling every satanic force and every work that the devil is up to in this season. I declare a covering of God's spirit over you to equip you for a season such as this. I pronounce you victorious. I pronounce you fruitful. I pronounce you blessed. I pray for you as a special child of a loving God. May every storm that has been raging in your life be abated today. May you experience calmness in every area of your life. May calmness come into your marriage, business, finances, and health. May Jehovah grant you according to the richness of your glory, strength in your inner man by his spirit. The riches of his glory are never run down. They are never depleted and never valueless. As this touches you, may intelligence be your portion, wisdom wisdom to confine the world. May knowledge become a part of your life as a member of the family of God here on earth. May you become conscious of the Christ dwelling within you. He lives in you. He is in every fiber of your being. He is in your bones, hair, muscle, gluten, nerves, and blood. I banish everything that is trying to invade these areas. May Christ sit as king in you. Not pain, not cancer, not diabetes, nor any other evil disease known and unknown to man. I command victory without number in your life. As Christ is crowned king in your life, the world will know who you are. I pray that every place you were mocked be eradicated today. Every place where voices have been raised to mock you and to pull you down be exterminated today as you walk in strength by his spirit in in the inner man. As the word says, he will give his angels charge over you. May angels come into battle on your behalf. I pray for the release of warring angels to fight for you, prosperity angels to gather wealth for you, angels of peace to enforce order in all the storms of your life. I pray that you be granted VIP access into secret treasures. May your prayers overcome hurdles and may answers be and may answers to your requests be quick and immediate. 
I put lines of demarcations against the devil in your life. No demon will come near your house. There, are, there is no weapon, no magic charm, no sorcery that is manufactured against you that will prosper. May your fear factor be replaced with a faith factor as you overcome every obstacle in Jesus' name. I declare you will not die but live to proclaim, to proclaim the mighty works of God. Your life will be a testimony for the world to witness the glory of the Lord. Amen. An awesome prayer. Awesome prayer. So the first day starts off of the detox. It says, do not doubt, but believe. Everything begins with faith. You must build your faith strong. In the following 12 days, we will focus on strengthening your faith. Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In solemn truth, I tell you, that if anyone shall say to this mountain, remove and herd thyself into the sea and has no doubt about it in his heart, but steadfastly believe that what he has said will happen, it shall be granted unto him. Mark eleven twenty three. Faith speaks in confidence. It is a born, it is a born out of the heart, which is full of conviction of the truth of the word of God. It is not sense knowledge, devotion, which awaits with confirmation that comes from the senses. Faith is not swayed by the surrounding of noisy circumstances. The fig tree received one word from Jesus. To the natural eye, it didn't wither at the same time, but Jesus did not stress himself about it. He proceeded on with his trip. The following morning, Peter saw that the word spoken yesterday had had an effect on the tree. It was withered from the root. The answer from Jesus was that of total confidence. He took the opportunity to teach his disciples, if any of one of you say to this mountain, there is no one excluded from exploits that are through faith. Everyone qualifies to operate in the realm of faith. That's awesome. So this is going to be interesting to increase my faith. 12 days of increasing my faith. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just wanted to share. This is one of the things I'm going to be doing while I'm on vacation, doing this 40-day detoxing, which is going to take me a week. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge me. And I know the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in everything, make your request known to God by prayer and supplication. But listen, listen, though, listen, though, I'm on vacation and I got the time on my hand, right? I got the time on my hand. So I know and I love to read. I'm going to just eat it up in probably like a week. <laughs> and then I'm going to come back and let you know, you know, what I gained. You know, and how I feel refreshed and detoxed and cleansed and healed and whatnot. I'm excited. I think it's going to be interesting to, I love that it's Bible based. I love to be able to go through the Bible and, you know, take my scriptures and write down my notes. That is important to me. I love reading Bible based books. I just really do. If I'm going to read it, it has to have scriptures in it. It has to have some truth to it. A lot of times books be opinionated. I love truth. So I'm excited for what these next few days are going to look like while I go through my little detoxing process and spending time with God on my own, going into prayer, you know, taking this time to really rest. I feel like when you rest, um, 
I'm not, you know, without the busyness, I'm not in a rush. I already took off my alarm. I think in those moments, you have time to really sit and listen to God. You're able to hear those still small voices because you're not overwhelmed with what you got to do. You know, I think vacations are so important. I think everyone has to take a vacation and not just a vacation, but a spiritual vacation that you take some time out of your vacation and give it to God, that you take time out of what you're doing and say, Lord, I know this is supposed to be for me, but I want to dedicate some of my time to you that I want to spend time with you and not just a few hours here or a few hours there that I really want to take a few days and bask in your presence that I want to take a few days and just be filled with your spirit. I want wisdom. I want understanding. I want you to enlarge my territory, enlarge my ability to understand your word, enlarge my heart to love on a different level. I want so much more. And though I have grown, there's so much growing to be done. And I desire so much of God and so much of his wisdom and I want to understand more. I think understanding is so important and a lot is so much that I still don't understand. So my desire to understand, to seek God's face for understanding, this is a great time. I don't have to worry about having having to have something else to do. I can just really go before God and spend time with him. And even when, you know, my family get here to take some moments to myself and dip off. That's what Jesus did, right? Whenever Jesus was hanging with the disciples, they'd be on a mountain, they'd be in a boat, he'd be preaching. And next thing you know, the Bible said Jesus done dipped off. <laughs> Jesus goes somewhere and pray. So we don't have to, you know, make excuses. I'm not going to make the excuses that, oh, you know, my family was here. No, Jesus was amongst his family, his disciples, and he still dipped off and made time to go pray because he knew what was at hand. He knew what was about to happen. And even though I don't know all that God is doing and what is about to happen, I want to be prepared. I want to know what he's doing in this season in my life, in the season of my ministry, the season of my fa- I want to know every area of my life. I want to know what God is doing. And that means we need to take time out and leave the family aside and leave the friends aside and the children aside and the work aside and dip off. Dip off. If we're going to walk like Jesus, we got to act like Jesus and we got to imitate Jesus. And what did Jesus do when he was walking on the earth? He dipped off to go pray. He dipped off to go see what God was was saying to him. Lord, what do you want to say? What do you need me to do? He went to God to receive strength. I remember and I love that um, when he was talking to the woman by the well And the disciples came to bring him food. And he was like, I have food that you know not of. Like when we get so close to God that we receive even the things that we supposed to receive naturally. And they was all looking at each other like, who fed him? Like he went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and go, what you mean you ate already? (laughs) What do you mean, Jesus, you ate already? And to be filled with the things of God is so much more than being filled with the things of this earth. And that's what Jesus was trying to get them to understand. Like when you do the will of God and when you do what God calls you to do, it truly fills you. It truly satisfies you. And I want to take some of this time that I have to really get in the presence of God that I can truly be satisfied, truly be filled. He said, those who thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be filled. So 
I'm going to take some of this time to truly thirst and to truly hunger. I have no excuses. I don't have to get up early. I don't have to go to sleep early. You know, I have this time to really bask in the presence of God. And it's truly a decision. It's truly, it's truly, truly a decision. We can say we're going to do it, but the enemy will love to invade and bring all kinds of distractions to pull you away from what you're going to do. So if you're making it up in your mind and you're saying, you know what? No, no, I am going to take this time and spend it with God. You have to be mindful and pay attention to the distractions because they are going to come. And you have to be spiritually strong and mentally strong and emotionally strong to say no no I can't go with you or no I don't want to do this or no you can't come over whatever it is that the enemy is going to try to throw in the mix to get you to pull you away from spending that time with God it's okay to say no it's okay to say no and we got to get comfortable with telling people no no this time is dedicated to God this time is dedicated to God. I catch you when I'm done. I'm catch you when I, I, I'm finished. But right now, at this moment that you're trying to read, first of all, if you're in prayer or if you're reading, we shouldn't even be answering the phone anyway. That's how the enemy be catching you. You should never be, you should wait till you're done. And see, this is what the enemy does. And I had to learn how to do this. So let's say I'm reading. And you into it, you into it, you getting it, you understand it. And now your phone ring. And though you may not answer the phone, and depending on who it is that's calling you, you are so distracted. You may have not picked up the phone. The, 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 excuse me. <laughs> you may have not picked up the phone, but your mind is wondering. I wonder what they want, what they got to say, what they want to do. And if they're anything like the people that be calling me, they don't just call. They'll call and then leave a text message. So now you got double distraction because they left, they call, and now they're leaving a message. And you're trying everything in you not to pick up the phone and read it. And what do you do? You pick it up and you read it. And then once you read it, you think, depending on how important or how urgent or whatever the case may be, you end up calling a person back and the time that you had set for God is now cut in half. The enemy is going to do it and you have to be mindful and you have to be ready. Be ready. Be ready. When you give God his time, don't let nobody cut it short. We don't let anything cut time short with people. When we go out and we hang out with people and friends and family, our loved ones, our spouses, we don't cut our time with them because of somebody else. So why would we cut God's time for somebody else. Amen. God deserves just as much as time as anybody more so more so because he's the one who's going to show you how to do that thing successfully. Amen. So just be mindful. And as I'm telling you, I am mindful. I already know all kinds of things is going to happen. And it's funny. It is so funny because when you say something, I remember my mom we was talking about, um, I said, when I got home one day, I was going to go to sleep because I was so, so tired. 
I remember getting off work early and I stopped by to go talk to them. And I said, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm tired. And she said, girl, don't say that loud. The minute you say you're going to go lay down, everything's you're going to get phone calls. This going to happen. That's going to happen. This going to happen. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be all right. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. And sure enough, the minute I got home, my brother had came to visit me. He all laying across my bed and he want to talk. I'm tired. And I kid you not, mind you, then I had class. I had Bible study that night. So I'm thinking I was going to go home, take a nap, and and get ready for Bible study. No, that did not happen. I did not get the rest I thought I was going to get. And I end up going. And you got to keep in mind, too, look at how the enemy is strategic. Because normally, if a person who is not spiritually strong enough or mentally strong enough if you're tired and you're really tired and then the enemy throws in a monkey wrench for me my brother came to visit me laying across my bed being extremely tired and he did not leave until it was almost time for me to go to church a person who was not spiritually spiritually strong would have went to sleep and missed church so we got to look at the, 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 the we got to look at the enemy and how he's doing things, because if you really look, you can see the strategy. You can see him coming and trying to manipulate situations to get you outside of the will of God. I made sure I went to church that night. I was tired, but I made sure that I did not miss service, because when you have something important to do when it has anything to do with God and spending time with God and growing in God and reading the word and worship and praying best to believe here come a monkey wrench and it's up to you to be built up and be spiritually strong enough that when the enemy comes with these tricks and these snares and these traps and all of these things to manipulate you you have to be spiritually strong enough to say I see you and I'm still going to church Well, I see you and I'm going to spend this time with God. I'm going to spend this time reading. I'm going to spend this time worshiping. So just as much as my eyes is open, family, I encourage you that whenever you make a decision to spend time with God, let your eyes be open because the enemy is going to throw whatever he can to pull you away from spending time with God. And it's up to you to say no. It's up to you to say no. And if there's a situation where you can't say no. Like, for instance, my brother was literally laying across my bed. I didn't have a chance to say, no, I'm tired. He was just there when I got home. I still didn't let that hinder me from going into the house of God. And I was able to sit there and, you know, talk with him and and, and, and bond with him and still do my duties as being uh, uh, going to church and, and, and being a part of the table where we were breaking bread. I love Bible study and it's important to me. I love coming together with my family and and breaking bread and reading the word. So I wasn't going to let, you know, spending that time with my brother take away from spending time with God. And sometimes we do it. And if if the enemy throws the monkey rich in there, sometimes he's going to throw it in there. And there's nothing you could do about it. You got to make the choice to give God his time to. So I made the choice as tired as I was. I'm going to church and I'll just sleep when I get home. Because I'm not going to miss service. And that's just the heart I have and the attitude I have. And I want to even be more sensitive. And I want to be more alert. And I want to be more vigilant to to the attacks. And to, you know, the, the, the strategy of the enemy. I want to be able to see it. And I believe reading this, um, this study and being 
um, in tune with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to detox my spirit will intensify the sensitivity and cause me to see and cause me to hear and cause me to understand even more. And that's what I desire for this time that I'm on vacation. So I just wanted to share that today. And I pray that each and every one of you are having a blessed and abundant day. Um, I pray each and every one of you take that time to spend with God, even if it's just on a weekend. We got to get to the place where we are excited about spending time with God. Once the enemy get us to a place that God is so left behind, it's not going to be it's not going to be hard for us to do whatever we want to. There won't be no conviction because we don't push God so back to the back burner. It become it becomes so easy. It becomes a part of our day. And we, we, oh, I'll get to God when I feel like it. And what we really don't understand, God is God. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first. He's the last. He don't change. He don't change. We don't serve a God of feelings. He's a God of spirit. When we don't spend time with God, it don't affect God. It affects us. If we can really get that and understand that we may think we're doing God a favor by sitting down and reading or sitting down and praying or going to church or going to Bible. It's not benefiting God. He was I am that I am before we were born. He was I am then and he's going to be I am when we come and go. So it's not about him. It's about us. It's about us being strengthened. It's about us being matured. It's about us having understanding and wisdom. It's about us being free from the traps and snares of the enemy. It's about us walking on that right path. It's about us. It's not about him. So every time you push God to the side, you're really pushing you to the side. Whether you're willing to believe it or not, we're not pushing him to the side. We're pushing ourselves to the side. We're pushing our greater self to the side. I'm pushing my, I'm pushing the part of me that could be healed right now to the side. I'm pushing my deliverance to the side. I'm pushing my freedom to the side. My wisdom, I understand. That's what we're pushing aside. We ain't pushing away God. God is God and he's going to always be there. So I encourage you today to get, get in the presence of God because it's for you. It's for you, not for him. It's for you and not him. And when I learned that, it's like I chose to be in his presence. If it's going to, it's for me, I desire more. More for myself. I was accountable. I stopped playing a victim. I stopped pretending like everybody else was a problem except me. And if I was going to change and if I was going to be wiser and if I was going to be smarter and if I was going to be free and if I was going to be healed and if I was going to be delivered, I had to make a decision to be in the presence of God because in his presence is the fullness of everything that I need. Everything I need is in the presence of God. God is God. And when I learned that I'm not praising him and I'm not worshiping him for his sake, it's for mine. That he may get the glory in me. Amen. So I encourage you to spend time with God. And read and worship. 
and allow the Holy Spirit to take you on a spiritual detox because we definitely need it with all the stuff that we're around. And I am going to talk to you a little later. I'm definitely going to talk to you probably. I'm not just talk to you at the end of the week, but when I finally finish this book, I will, you know, come back and elaborate more on what I've learned and what the Lord has showed me in the process of reading this. So I'm excited about that. So until then, I love you. May God bless you and keep you and that you have an awesome, awesome day. I'll be talking to you soon, family. I love you. Bye-bye. Hey, family. How are you? I am just touching bases with you. I told you that I was going to be plugging in and out, you know, touching bases as far as where I am in my journey with this 40-day devotional, which is only going to take me a week because I'm going to gobble it up. And I'm so grateful that I'm reading it. Um, Faith is very important. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. And if you heard the beginning, well, duh, you have to hear the beginning to hear this. So I'm going to (laughs) just, as I spoke before, the beginning of the book was 12 days of strengthening your faith. So We all can use a little strength in our faith to really believe God at his word, to believe God at what he promised and what he said to us. And I personally, I know that there are areas in my life where I believe God hands down. You can't tell me nothing. I know he's moving. I know he's shaking. I know he's aligning. But there are also areas in my life where I struggle a little bit. And I have to go before God and say, you know what, Lord, forgive me. I believe, but help my area of unbelief. So I'm grateful that I am going through the study to strengthen my faith. So I'm not going to read everything, but there's a few things that I highlighted that stood out to me. So one of the things that I highlighted, it says the eyes of faith will always collect what they see. Don't allow your natural sight to be stronger than your faith. That stood out to me because I know personally, even in those areas where I've fallen short, it was based on sight. What I see And what I saw did not line up to what God promised me. So I felt defeated. I felt inadequate. I felt like, you know what, God, this isn't going to work out. And this is exactly what this is saying. A person who has eyes of faith, they collect and it will only collect what they don't see. I don't see it before my eyes, but I'm collecting it because you said it. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining what you said and I'm collecting it as my truth. And that is impossible to do. If you, oh my, it is a struggle. I won't say, let me rephrase that. It is not impossible. It's impossible if you think it's impossible. Uh, I heard this thing. uh, If you can or if you can't, they both write depending on you. I probably screwed that up and said it all wrong. But if you heard it, (laughs) forgive me. I think it's if you think you can, if you think you can't, either way you write. So something is as impossible as you believe it to be impossible. So if you don't believe that it can turn around, if you don't believe it's going to work out for you, there's nothing and there's no one that can change your mind. You are the, the main key in all that God is doing. I am the main key in all that God is doing in my life. And the eyes of faith will always collect what they see. 
And I'm that I had to highlight that because it stood out to me. If I can, even though I'm looking at something else, my faith got to collect something else. My natural eye is looking at something negative, something hurtful, something that I, you know, I don't like something unfair, but my spiritual eyes need to collect the promise of God. My spiritual eyes need to see what it is that God promised me. And that is, is not easy family, but is something that we got to practice doing because that is what God is requiring. Amen. Then it says faith will unlock rivers and dry places. It will bring harvests in parched lands. Faith will change the destiny of families and nations. It is a defense against circumstances that are meant to discourage you. It is a shield that beats the fiery darts of the enemy hands down. You will advance in this season and you will see the hand of God over you as you start walking and speaking in faith. Your life will be a testimony. The celebrations are in your house this time around, and you will tell others of the goodness of God. Shout, that is me. And I was like, that is me. Won't he do it? (laughs) And then it has a declaration. It says, my faith unlocks great value today. I stand on the word of God, and I refuse to look at my circumstances. Like Abraham, I will believe and I know every dream will come to life in Jesus name. Amen. So once again, I'm only going to be sharing some of the things that I highlighted. So it's this story in John 452. And it was about a man who um, while Jesus was on his way to Galilee, it was this royal official. And he saw um, he saw the Lord and he was, you know, petitioning before him to heal his son. So I'm just going to give you a little bit, but if you want to read the story, go to John 4, John 4, 52. And then it says, when Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee, there was a royal official whose son was lying ill in Capernaum. And when he met Jesus, he began to beg him to come down and cure his son, who was at the point of death. Jesus was quick in rebuking him. Unless you see signs and miracles, you will not believe. But the man continued to plead for the life of his son. Now, this is what I highlighted. It says there is something that Jesus was demanding of this man. He had to believe before seeing anything. Faith will acknowledge the truth of the word of God where there is no sign to prove it. Faith doesn't flow in the same channel as the human senses. Hmm. Mm. And it made me think of even in my personal life, it says there is something that Jesus that was demanding of this man because Jesus was rebuking him. You know, I'm not going to you know, you need to see a sign and a wonder. You're not going to see one. And so often I myself have to repent for that, that I'd be like, Lord, can you show me a sign? Lord, can you show me something? Can you, can you do something to show me that you're moving? Could you do something to show me that this is working out for my good? And this guy was rebuked by Jesus and Jesus told him, you're not going to see a sign. You're not going to see a miracle. And that there is something that God is requiring of us. God is demanding. Jesus is demanding from us too, that unless we believe without seeing, because faith Faith will acknowledge the truth of the word of God where there is no sign to prove it. I thought that was awesome. I had to highlight that. 
There is a response that you must give to the release of a word. I thought that was awesome. There is a response that you must give to the release of a word. That what God spoke of you, you have to you we have to respond with faith. We have to respond in believing. Amen. Then it says, what is your own response to that word? Do you rest on the promise knowing that you hold the answer already? When you have brought something in prayer to God, do you continue nagging him for a sign to prove that the answer will come? The point of believing is the point of receiving. So the moment God gives you a word, the minute you open your heart, the minute you read the word of God and God give you a promise, God give you a word. The Bible is saying without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. So as I'm reading this, it's saying the point of believing is the point of receiving. And according to John 4, 52, when that guy was calling out to Jesus to heal his son, Jesus rebuked him because it was a part of him that didn't believe it. Jesus wouldn't have rebuked him if he didn't believe. Jesus knows all things. He knows our heart. He knows our fears. He knows everything. So there was something in him that was afraid, even though he was begging him. There was something that was afraid, even though he was begging and petitioning. Jesus was like, you're not going to see a sign and no wonder. So what are you begging? What are you begging God to do? What are you begging for God to change? That is a, you got the answer in you. Is it so hard to believe that it's already done? Is it already hard to believe that it's truly finished? Or are we going to keep nagging God to do what is already done? I love this. Okay, then it says, Faith is not like the currency of the nations that change their value from time to time or from place to place. Faith has the ability to unlock any situation. Faith has always been God's way, his method and technique, which he has extended to us, his children, to operate in his league. Faith is a method of deity, and living the life of faith is transformational. It raises one to a level of operation as of the Father. Faith is a multi-purpose weapon, an instrument that is precise in its implementation. Forgive me. It snatches victory from the jaws of defeat. It turns a deathbed into a starting point. It redefines what is known as reality. It operates in the order of deity with supernatural results all the time. What? I got to read that again. I thought that was awesome. Faith is a multi-purpose weapon, an instrument that is precise in its implementation. It snatches victory from the jaws of defeat. It turns a deathbed into a starting point. It redefines what is known as reality. It operates in the order of deity with supernatural results all the time I don't know about you but I'm trying to get my faith up amen I need my faith up like just reading this is exciting me I need to get my faith up like when you know 
we know how important it is to have faith with God. But just reading this and getting this insight is, is exciting me. And it's I'm crying out, Lord, I believe, but help my areas of unbelief. And that's really all I can really go before God with. I'm not going to beg. The Bible says that he is he has already given each and every one of us a measure of faith. So I can't beg God for something that is already in me. What I need to do is operate on the level of the faith that is already in me. And you too, there is a level of faith in you and we have to operate on what's in us. Amen. Amen. Our faith is a multi-purpose weapon. Oh, that just oh man. That if we could just believe God at his word, believe God at his word, no question, no doubt, no ifs, no buts, no what ifs, no shoulda, coulda, wouldas, just I believe. Lord, I believe. I'm going to trust your word. (sighs) Well, man, this is good. So I'm going to read this last declaration and then I'm going to go back and reading it because I'm already on day eight and it's only 12 days. So I'll, you know, come back and give you a recap. But it says today I operate this instrument called faith over every situation. I employ faith over my marriage and job. I invoke it over my business. I let faith be the precision instrument of the surgeon to remove that cancer. I let faith pinpoint the virus in my body and eliminate it. I let faith turn things around in my life and bring about victory. Faith is placing me in a higher order of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, family. I will come back once I finish day 12. I love you. Bye-bye.